It's a new way to lead off your Sunday with conversation, unique perspectives, and your thoughts and questions on the Hometown Nine. It's Twins today. One, two, he struck him out swinging. A fastball at 93, ends Cabrera's at bat, and Duffy with a sharp one, two, three, eighth inning. I would rather be labeled as someone who can really spin a breaking ball, throw a good fastball without any help. Twins today is driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars. Well, I'm 75 now, so that I'll probably hit about 280, <laughs> you know. But, yeah, it was a great question. I caught you tolling off your pits, didn't I? And I said, yes, sir, you sure did. <laughs> now, live from Target Field, here is Derek Wetmore. Well, good morning, Twins fans. Good to be with you on this sunny Sunday in the Twin Cities. This is Twins Today. I am your host, Derek Wetmore, and I am live at Target Field. Couple of important updates for you as we get started here with Twins today. No Twins baseball today. Twins and Yankees out in the Bronx has been postponed due to severe forecasted inclement weather owing to uh, Hurricane Henri moving up the coast. So we hope that everybody stays safe out there. The Twins and Yankees will not play today. Making up that game September 13th, uh, 2.30 first pitch then so no Sunday baseball but we've still got an hour of twins today here for you and after this show gets done 11 o'clock local time uh, tw uh, inside twins with Chris Atterbury and twins assistant general manager Jeremy Zoll so if you're uh, feeling a little baseball deprived because that uh, game had to get pushed back well we've still got 90 minutes for you never you fear this is a fun show it's a uh, only an hour show typically it's two hours 10 to noon here on WCCO, but today we're going to, uh, we start with five thoughts where we always begin this program, catching up on the week, diving a little bit deeper on some of the important topics. We're going to get a radio revisit uh, from the Mound Visit segment this week. Taylor Rogers sort of uh, joins the show, I guess you could say. Larry DeVito, the head groundskeeper at Target Field, sits down for an interview. We had to tape this one, and I'll tell you why. It's because I am watching set up right now for a massive concert that's scheduled for tomorrow here at Target Field. Um, I couldn't even estimate how many people I see walking around setting things up. It's at least two dozen. They've got the uh, outfield grass all covered with this uh, sort of state, not stadium seating, like a flooring, the interlocking flooring that's laid down to protect the field. And then the Twins ground crew is hard at work uh, watering the infield grass and around the baselines keeping the field in playable shape for when the twins get back but that big uh, monday night concert coming up here uh, weezer follow boy and green day if you uh, somehow missed the radio spots for that this show begins with five thoughts and we will end it with a fun interview with bj boyd the breakout home run hitter for the double a wichita wind surge he joins a little bit later on but hey let's get underway let's get five thoughts rolling here catch up on the week that was and looking ahead it starts with an unfortunate update on the state of the twins rotation number one some forearm tightness something he's dealt with uh, on he, he pitched pretty well today up to that point i thought he had a good start going for himself but he did look uncomfortable right at the very end right before we we took him out i mean that's up until the the very point we went out there there was really nothing that stood out that differed from from what we've seen from him already but 
the command of the pitches normally would be one of the first things that would go when someone's dealing with something physically. You know, it might not be a velocity dip. It might just be scattering the ball around. Yeah, Kenta Maeda leaves yesterday's game. That's not good news for the Twins. Let's get a quick rotation update because this is a bit of a concern. Jose Barrios obviously gone. Rocco indicating yesterday that Maeda will likely get uh, MRIs. He says he's fairly certain they'll get MRIs taken uh, with that tightness that he was feeling. And I don't think that means that, uh, oh, he gets the scan today and everything's hunky-dory tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see for the actual update from the Twins. But uh, that rotation spot certainly in jeopardy, at least in the short term. Michael Pineda's on the IL with that strained oblique, uh, reportedly in New York with the team. But uh, Rocco indicated yesterday that doesn't necessarily mean he's immediately ready to rejoin. Of course, Lewis Thorpe got hurt this weekend too, pitching uh, against the Cleveland team, and that's a left shoulder impingement. Don't know when we're going to see Lewis Thorpe again. So the rotation is. Griffin Jacks, Bailey Ober, some combination of John Gant and Andrew Albers, and Charlie Barnes. Now, Randy Dobnak did throw a, a rehab outing yesterday. We got the report from John Vittis down there on Randy's outing, 32 pitches, 24 strikes. Uh, he called it a very successful rehab outing, that John Vittis, the voice of, of is that Fort Myers Mighty Muscle. So Randy Dobnak could be working his way back. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, more on the update in uh, in thought number five here. But I want to talk about some good news to balance that out and what a week it was. Number two. Right-hander delivers. Line drive, base hit. That's going to score Jeffers and another walk-off win for Jorge Polanco as he is trying to dodge the mob of players at second base. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen this many, you know, late inning walk-off type wins in this, you know, period of time. I mean, uh, it, it's it's pretty awesome. You know, those are normally some of the most memorable moments of your season. You have a handful of them every year. But, you know, what, what we've been doing lately has been pretty special and a hell of a lot of fun. A lot of fun indeed. Three walk-offs in four games. Jorge Polanco. Uh, hey, hey, Polanco is potentially a new nickname, uh, didn't know if it's a cross between hip hip Jorge uh, and just a fun week for him at the plate. He is really locked in right now. Team MVP by by a considerable distance, at least at least in the uh, recent past. I thought this was kind of interesting. Got a walk off single, walk off double, and a walk off sack fly. He's halfway to a walk off cycle. That is Jorge Polanco, and that's not all he's doing. Number three. And the 0-1 pitch, Polanco sends one high and deep to left field. This one's back towards the seats, and that ball's gone. Well, Polanco will push the Twins on the board, his 22nd home run. It's now 6-1, New York. And that is Polanco's first career Yankee Stadium home run. First career Yankee Stadium home run, also his seventh homer this month. That is the most home runs in any one month for Jorge Polanco in his career. Guy had 34 hits in June. He's got 21 hits so far in August, uh, and that included this week four multi-hit games in a row. Jorge Polanco, the best thing going for the Twins right now. Yesterday, Garrett Cole pitched against the Twins. He was great. He was Garrett Cole. Thought it was going to be a good pitching matchup. Of course, the Maeda injury impacted that pretty significantly. 
Um, I want to use this clip here of Cole and Donaldson, and I'll point out that they were both former first-round picks. I won't get into their whole tiff from earlier this season. That's been well-covered, well-documented. But another uh, just sort of first-round interesting nugget that I found yesterday. Number four. Atmosphere electrifying at Yankee Stadium. Donaldson, Cole, and the pitch. Strike three looking. Donaldson's going to probably get thrown out of the game. He is barking at Angel Hernandez. Well, J.D. did not like that call by Angel Hernandez. He did not get thrown out of the game. Uh, must have earned some latitude as a veteran. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it was a big moment in the game. Cole got the best of him again, but I was kind of curious. So Cole, first-round pick. Donaldson, first-round pick. There were four first-rounders that played uh, started in yesterday's game between the Twins and Yankees. Donaldson in 2007, he leads his entire draft class in wins above replacement. Um, um, I'm sorry, he leads his entire first-round class, and it was a huge first-round class that year with all the compensation picks. Donaldson on the leaderboard in that first round, uh, wins above replacement as measured by baseball reference. Garrett Cole, 2011 first-round pick by the Pirates, second among first-rounders in his draft class. Aaron Judge, also a first-round pick, 2013. He, too, is second in his class. And Nick Gordon, the fourth first-rounder there. Well, his career is just getting started. Uh, the leaders of that first-round class include Aaron Ola, Matt Chapman, Trey Turner. So Gordon, a ways to go, but again, just getting started. We mentioned the rotation earlier, and they're counting on a lot of young guys, a lot of inexperience. Uh, some promising signs for sure, but as we saw this week too, there are going to be bumps in the road when you're counting on young arms. So if Kenta Maeda does have to miss some time, well, what are the Twins going to do in their rotation? Uh, some positive news from the week in the minor leagues. Joe Ryan made his MILB debut with the Minnesota Twins organization pitch Friday for the St. Paul Saints. It went pretty well. Number five. The one-two pitch. Change swing and a miss. And Ryan trying to strike out the side, or at least get a 1-2-3 inning, the payoff pitch. Got him looking, there it was. Swing and a miss, 6-4-6. Six, six. The 0-2. Strike three called, got him. And ends it with his ninth strikeout. Nine strikeouts there for Joe Ryan in his debut with the Saints. Four innings, one hit. One run, one walk, and nine strikeouts there. That's Sean Aronson and J.W. Cox on the calls for the St. Paul Saints highlights. He struck out the first six batters he faced, and in the 12 outs Joe Ryan recorded, nine Ks and three ground outs. Now, I don't know what's going to happen here with the Twins. I don't want to uh, promote the guy before he's been promoted, but Joe Ryan, friend of the show, came on last week to uh, talk about his silver medal pitching for Team USA, and then goes and gets settled in St. Paul with a nice, well, breezy four-inning outing in his Saints debut Friday. So you're thinking to yourself, all right, well, if he punches out the world down down in AAA, why not just bring him up to the big leagues and see what he can do, see if this guy can help out the Twins rotation. He is the big haul in the Nelson Cruz trade, and he was succeeding at AAA Durham before he joined the Twins organization if you are wondering that, dear listener, Joe Ryan's regular rest would put him on schedule for Game 2 in Boston on Wednesday. That'd be regular rest. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Nine punch-outs in his Saints debut. Congrats to Joe Ryan, and welcome to the Twins organization. Always fun to see friends of the show succeeding like that. We'll see what happens with Joe Ryan going forward. But that is it. 
for five thoughts here, you can follow me on uh, social media, Twitter, at Derek Wetmore, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Derek Wetmore MLB. I always post more five thoughts stuff throughout the week if you'd like to continue following along. We're going to come back and hear from Taylor Rogers in a mound visit. And don't forget, we're talking with head groundskeeper at Target Field and the new home run king in the minor leagues, B.J. Boyd, coming up later on Twins Today. Keep it locked here. You're listening to News Talk 830-WCCO. Welcome back to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars, I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and I'm sitting at Sun-Soaked Target Field this is Twins Today from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. today. A little bit different programming because uh, they were scheduled, the Twins were, to have an East Coast ball game. That game has been postponed due to severe inclement weather uh, stemming from Hurricane Henri making its way up the coast. So we hope everybody out that way is staying safe currently. But that means no Twins baseball today. They'll make it up September 13th, Twins and Yankees in the Bronx. And uh, this show runs till 11. After that, it's Inside Twins with Chris Atterbury. Twins assistant general manager Jeremy Zoll sits down with them for a half-hour chat. So you still get 90 minutes of your baseball fix. It's a pretty good deal, all things considered, I would say. So thank you for taking some time out of your Sunday to uh, join us for some baseball chat. Um, as mentioned, Inside Twins right after this at 11. And then no Minnesota Twins baseball today. But let's roll on with Twins today. This is the part of the show where we do a little radio revisit where we cast our eyes back on the week that was. And uh, here in our minds are the most appropriate, the best interview from the week. And uh, it's often Twins uh, relief ace Taylor Rogers, and that's the case again this week. Just tons of insight that you get from him, and I know not everybody can listen at all hours of the day all the time, so we like to pull back the best stuff. And this is a mound visit with Chris Atterbury and Taylor Rogers. Taylor, we had great fun last Sunday, a big Twins win. We had you in the booth as the analyst, and you introduced us to a new character, Day Game Duffy. Could you explain the genesis of the Day Game Duffy nickname? Yeah. So Duffy and I always joke the best, I guess, um, thing you can do as a reliever is you pitch the two night games and then you would be down for the day game. And then where you just hang out, you don't have to wake up early. You just hang out, you watch the day game. So with that being said, Duffy and I would always joke because I'd be like, man, Duff, you're as hot as it gets. You're in there today. And it would just end up being a day game. <laughs> yeah. So it just seemed like he was pitching all these day games. And I knew bringing it up to you that you would go back look at the stats and, and lo and behold, we, we were right. Day game. You were right. Yeah. And his numbers are actually good in the daytime too. He's, he's like holding guys under 200 average. His ERA is over a run better. So I think he should keep throwing all these day games. Don't you think? I think that's the, the birth of Teddy getting him up early and being a morning person now. So I'm going to, I'm going to give Teddy the credit on that one. All right. Well, we may see day game Duffy tonight. One guy we saw last night was a guy that you go back. Uh, he actually precedes you at the university of Kentucky and that is Andrew Albers. First twin ever to make three stints with the club. He's been in Japan. He's been in Korea. He's been with Toronto. He's uh, been with Seattle. Uh, he has not been in the big league since 2017. Andrew Albers might be as universally respected and liked as any teammate uh, that anybody's had in any of those places across the globe that we just mentioned. Uh, and oh, by the way, the guy can still pitch a little bit, huh? Yeah, it looks like he's getting better. Yeah, I was watching him last night hitting 91, 92, and I've never even seen him hit 90 before. So that's really cool to see him progress over the years. I think what, what the Twins are trying to channel is 
Remember in 13, his first two starts, complete game shutty, eight game shutty. I think the Twins just want to restart that every time we bring him back. So it's not a bad move. Well, it's certainly working. And you go back to Kentucky, but he had already left, right? And then did you bump into him again in the minor leagues? Yeah, yeah. So he'd already left, but he came back and was working out there in the off seasons. I've known him since 2009 or 10. And then uh, then we, we crossed paths in Rochester and New Britain. And then uh, he went overseas. We lost touch a little bit. He came back. And it was like uh, we're still friends, like nothing ever changed. I don't think he has a residence. I think he's like that like Jack Ryan movie where like he's just invisible on the planet Earth because you never know where he is. <laughs> I do know where his friends are, though. They're the ones who drive all the way from Saskatchewan and take their shirt off and spell his name across their <laughs> chest whenever he pitches anywhere uh, at any of his three stops. Uh, tonight, Yankee Stadium, and then it's on at Fenway Park. And I know that Charlie Barnes, young pitcher, going to be his first time at Yankee Stadium lights. Uh, the first time for Griffin Jacks will come on Sunday. Those are two pretty calm guys. But is there something about these two ballparks that makes them different than your typical stop? And also, how cool is it to have a job where you get to work in venues with that sort of history, especially, I think, of Fenway, that tunnel leading from the clubhouse to the field? Yeah. You know, anytime you first get called up and you see those two places on the schedule, you're like, man, I hope I'm still here for those trips. Yeah, you'll never forget your first time going to Yankee Stadium, Wrigley, Fenway. Fenway, for sure, you, you you walk down that tunnel and it's it's wet and moldy and you're like, I think this is the same wet mold from Babe Ruth's days. <laughs> and then uh, you can go back in the, in the Green Monster and it, it's just really cool. I think, uh, you know, it, it poses a, a different uh, challenge for the young guys because you are there and you know you're there. Your family's watching because because you're there. And, um, you know, their uh, their fans are a little bit different uh, than your Midwest fans. So uh, a little bit of a challenge, but it's really, really fun. And really the only way you, you can do well in that environment is actually going and testing it out and uh, knowing what to expect. I feel like those are games on the schedule where you'll hear from friends and family more than any other game, almost as if – no matter how good you might be as a major leaguer, you haven't truly proven it to your friends and family till they've seen you do it in a place they're accustomed to seeing on TV all the time. Uh, that's that's 100% accurate. Absolutely. And it just seems like those old friends come out of the woodwork when, when you're pitching at Fenway. Uh, yeah, it's just a bigger spotlight. Bigger spotlight indeed. The Twins are done with the first part of that. Their young pitchers did uh, mixed results, I'll, I'll call it. And... I don't know if that's Yankee Stadium. I don't know if that's because they're facing a great lineup over there, a team that's gotten hot all of a sudden. Uh, But so anyway, that's the challenge with the Twins' young pitching staff that I was talking about earlier. It sure seems like a long time ago till Rogers brought it up that Albers debuted the first time with the Twins in in the lean years. And what an impressive start to his big league career. He pitched, I thought, all right at Yankee Stadium. I thought he acquitted himself pretty well considering the circumstances. So... Albers, Charlie Barnes, John Gant, Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks, they might be holding down the fort in the rotation for the time being. And I mentioned Joe Ryan off the top, too. Good debut with the St. Paul Saints on Friday and another cool customer. So we'll see where all that goes. Hey, when we come back, we're going to be talking with the head groundskeeper at Target Field, Larry DeVito, about the challenges of keeping the field ready for the Twins when they come back from this road trip as this giant concert venue sprawls out across the outfield grass at Target Field. And I'm looking out at the giant stage in center field. We'll hear from him about that. And then later on in the show, talking to new Wichita wind surge 
home run juggernaut bj boyd joins the show what got into him he's having a great month and a great year after briefly walking away from baseball but first you know twins today is driven by the mauer auto group more than cars and as we do every week on this show it's time to catch up with jeremy from the mauer auto group to talk about what they've got going on jeremy how's it going today it's going great how are you doing I'm good. Thanks. Thank you very much. Uh, summer is rolling. And we've spent a lot of time on this show, Jeremy, talking about your least elite program at the Mauer Auto Group. Tell me, in your shop, specifically in Anoka, what are the most popular lease options? Maybe the most popular lease option? Well, the current most popular option is the Trailblazer, which was a surprise to us because the Equinox for years has been the, the most leased vehicle that we have. But uh, the Trailblazer has taken over. It's the all-new design. It has a very Camaro-inspired front end. It's really a cool rig. And the beautiful thing is we've got them. We've got them in stock. There's all sorts of new stuff with them. But I'm going to answer right now the Trailblazer. Have you ever driven a Trailblazer aside from test drives? Yes. What was your experience behind the wheel? The Trailblazer is a really, it looks really small, but it's actually quite roomy. Because when you drive an Equinox, it at for some people, it actually gets too big. Hmm. So what they did for the Trailblazer, they redesigned it, kind of freshened everything up. They made a lot of room inside, but they put a smaller four-cylinder engine in it, okay. increased the power. So you get the fuel economy, you get the power, you get the room. And that's why it's been so popular. It, we've talked a lot in the past about the Chevy Equinox, how popular of a car that's been. You just mentioned it. It maybe got taken over for the top spot but what makes the equinox such a popular lease option cargo room okay you know you can seat five people in and that's great because the people the people that need the third row obviously the traverse that's the way to go but the equinox is it's been our bread and butter for so many years because your cargo room is so large in it and you can still get the five people but with the trailblazer you still get the five people and if you don't need all that cargo room you increase your fuel economy, you lower your payment, and everything's beautiful. Jeremy, that Lease Elite program can be found uh, online. You can find more details there or stop in at the shop. If someone wants more info on the Trailblazer or an Equinox, where's the best website they can go to learn more? The best place to go is the MauerAutoGroup.com website. It's a new website we put in place. It shows you why we are more than cars, and then you can choose whether you're in the North Metro, whether you're in the South Metro, the Invergrove location, the Anoka location. You can choose whatever website you want to go to, but it shows you the inventory for everybody. So it's the MauerAutoGroup.com, and then you can also learn why we are more than cars. That's MauerAutoGroup.com, and that's Jeremy from the Mauer Auto Group. Jeremy, thanks as always for your time. We appreciate your support. Thank you so much. All right, welcome back. Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, and we're joined now by head groundskeeper at Target Field. He is Larry DeVito. Larry, thanks for taking a little time with us here on Twins today. Thanks for having me, Derek. Good to see you. There's an interesting thing coming up at Target Field that doesn't involve a baseball game, but your head has been probably uh, consumed with this for weeks, if not months. The concert coming up at Target Field Monday, August 23rd. What does that entail from a groundskeeper's perspective? Oh uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty big pain in the ass to be frank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but uh, we're dealing with Live Nation, the promoter that uh, we've been dealing with for a while now. Um, they're, they're really good to work with. In 2018, we had three mobilizations for shows um, and, and, and everything went really well that summer. Um, the meeting yesterday to review the build-out schedule went really well. So now it's just about monitoring weather. In fact, like my crew this morning, we're making new tarps for the infield dirt. So we tarp the infield dirt for the storm tonight. We don't want it mucky and wet when they put flooring on it Saturday night. Uh, things like that are going on. The stage is being built as we speak. Um, the, the biggest change in the last, I don't know, five to seven years has been consistently getting the lighter weight steel stages, the lighter steel rather than the old monstrous, you know, the first few shows we had in here, it looked like the stage was from the Hotel California tour. <laughs> it was old, it was heavy. The cranes were enormous that they needed. So now go into these lighter stages that originally were just kind of uh, the guys based on the East Coast and the Phillies and Mets were using them. And the guy eventually developed his name G2 stages. He developed more stages so that he could get uh, around the country with them. And, and these go up faster, they come down faster, the cranes are smaller, uh, it, it's less of a footprint on the grass. I mean, it doesn't mean we can't still have damage, but it, it's a huge advantage for us. And we talk about the buildup to it. That's a huge part of it. And it's what you're in the thick of right now. I imagine it's about 50-50 though, uh, in terms of where your anxiety lies, getting the show ready, and then also getting the field ready for baseball after the show has left town. It is, you know, and, and, and how I feed the outfield grass and manage it is all kind of tied into that. So we, um, we back off on the nitrogen going into the concert and just stick with micronutrients and a growth regulator. Um, and then we'll kind of come out of the concert with the growth regulator will kind of expire. So we'll kind of push some growth after the concert. And then uh, fortunately, you know, had the chance, you know, Wednesday night was pretty quiet in here. Uh, so I came in back and sprayed the fungicides um, you know, disease pressure is pretty big with the, the flooring down. Um, so, so now I feel like we're in a pretty good position. Tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day, uh, a dry day, cool to start the flooring tomorrow night. Uh, but there is a storm coming through tonight. And right now it looks like about nine o'clock. And um, hopefully I, I just saw that uh, Joe Ryan's pitching in St. Paul. So hopefully he should be able to get five innings in by nine o'clock. Has your, well, let me ask it this way. Where did you develop your understanding of how to flip a baseball field for concerts and then back again? Because uh, I imagine the first time you would have gone through this, um, it would have been a pretty big challenge to learn some of the obstacles. It was. I, I Back to uh, 2002, I got the assistance job with the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. So uh, we did a couple shows there. Uh, I kind of learned how that worked. Sure. Um, they weren't enormous stages. In fact, we did... Uh, Bruce Springsteen on a Sunday night and we played baseball Tuesday night, which I don't think the league will even let you do that anymore. Yeah. Uh, that, that quick. Um, so, and then Springsteen's a real simple stage. It, it, that went really well. Um, went to work with the nationals as the head groundskeeper in 2006. And I spent a few years there. And um, of course we did soccer and baseball at old RFK for a couple of years. And then at Nats park, the only event we had was a uh, papal mass. So we had, uh, the German Pope Benedict, I believe, um, came in and we did that. We had only played about, I think, six games at Nats Park. And we, we, we set up the stage and a concert set up for the Pope. Um, and, and so, you know, you, you kind of start to learn and, 
Uh, and, and then we got into uh, the Kenny Chesney events here and the Paul McCartney. And, and those were all big, heavy stages. And, and, and uh, ultimately, the McCartney show led to some problems. The stage was lower to the ground and it heated up a little bit. And they had a lot of uh, pyro. And, you know, when they do live and let die, there's fire. And, mm. <laughs> and they did a full rehearsal the night before. And I thought it was something I did wrong. I'm like, oh, what happened? And then a couple of weeks later, they went out and played Dodger Stadium and they had grass damage out there. And I said, that's Bermuda grass. Something has to be something to do with the stage. So I felt better uh, after that. But so now, uh, you know, this lightweight stage, it's pretty high off the ground and uh, we're, we're feeling pretty good about it. He set up for the Pope and now he's setting up for Green Day, Weezer and Fall Out Boy. The voice you're hearing, Twins fans, <laughs> that's Larry DeVito. He's the head groundskeeper at Target Field. A uh, long time with the Twins now uh, after coming over from the Dodgers and Nationals, respectively. I'm really curious about this dry summer that we're having because I know what it's done to my grass. And I I see Target Field. I'm sure there are pressures. I'm sure it's a challenge. It looks immaculate every time I show up at the ballpark, uh, you know, no matter what time my shift starts. If you can accept that compliment, Larry, how do you Thank guys you. do it and keep it looking so pristine? Well, thank you. And two things. I mean, we're here every day. We're, we're monitoring, you know, even when the team's out of town, we're, we're one of us is in here every day and I come in every day to, to walk around. And if, if it's a quiet day, all I'm doing is walk around with the hose and that's great. Um, what we deal with in Minneapolis is water has a high pH, which uh, the, the water pH can be everywhere from 7.6 to 8.5. Um, Grass, whether you're on a golf course or a baseball field, likes a pH or in the high sixes to sevens. So over the years, it's been finding nutrients that work at high pH levels, uh, like some of the things, say, I used in, in, in Washington, D.C. or in Pawtucket when I was in the minor leagues, don't really work too well here. So you got to kind of learn to adjust your nutrient program for that. Um, the water quality is fine. It's just high pH. Um, where, where it's been a struggle for us this year has been um, – in, in, with trees and some landscape things outside the building. Um, urban trees are having a tough year yeah. like, because they're, they're surrounded by concrete generally and kind of in an odd microclimate. So that, that's been a bit of a challenge, but my staff and I, we're pretty focused on our two and a quarter acres in, in the stadium. So, yeah. I keep you busy enough, I'd imagine. Yeah. And, and um, I should mention too, one of the coolest things I've seen around the stadium the recycling water system that uh, Pentair put in. And I imagine that is helpful in some years because you've got good natural rainwater that you can bring back. But in a year like this, Larry, where we've had such little rainfall, um, does that change how you have to approach even just standing out there with the hose? Well, that, that whole system is, is yes, yeah, dependent on, on rainfall when the building's clean. When the, if, if the building's dirty with nacho cheese everywhere, the valve's shut. Um, so like a night, like tonight, we get a half inch of rain, that's all going into the cistern for the, for the recycling water. And then it's used to clean off seats. So sure. we're not using the water on the field. Okay. We could on the warning track once in a while, but not on the grass. Reason being, I mean, it's, it's about six more steps and, and chemistry and, um, and it really you'd run out, you'd run out yeah. pretty quick where, um, the system for generally for seat washing there's generally enough water in there, but this summer there's been a lot of times there hasn't been. We just haven't had the rainfall. 
just a wild summer and uh, we're all getting through it. Uh, Larry DeVito is our guest. One more for you here. If there are listeners to Twins Today who either they or their kids are interested in this kind of line of work, how does one get involved in, you know, eventually climbing the ladder to be a heads gr- head groundskeeper, excuse me, at a major league stadium? Where, what are the first steps? The first place to go is the, the website of the, the Sports Turf Managers Association. So stma.org, I believe. Um, that's our national organization. And um, they've got, done a really nice job over the last 10 years of, of the website having resources for seeing, uh, you know, how to do this type of work, how to get into it, what you know, do you want to take the, uh, the path to a four-year university or a two-year technical college or just get right into it? Um, and, you know, there's a, a job board you, that, that's open for everybody to look at just to see, hey, what kind of jobs are out there? Um, it's a really broad range in athletic field management and that, you, you know, you could be working for a, a, a well-run uh, city you know, city parks to, uh, you know, university settings to minor leagues to soccer, a lot more jobs in soccer now with uh, MLS and the MLS having minor leagues. Uh, University jobs are great, you know, and then, you know, the major league jobs are, you know, few and far between. But, you know, some of my colleagues have turf degrees and others, you know, have a business degree and I have a sociology degree and, you know, it's a matter of how you, you came about working your way up, so to speak. Many different paths. And this one's uh, led Larry DeVito to target field. He's been our guest here on twins today. Uh, Larry, great insight. Really fun to hear about how the stadium goes to concert mode and then back to baseball mode. So, uh, I wish you well with this endeavor. Uh, Larry DeVito, thank you very much for your time. It's great talking with you. Thanks, Derek. Nice to talk to you. Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group. More than cars back after this on News Talk 830-WCCO. Here comes a pitch. Swinging a high, deep blast to right field. Guess what, folks? He's hit yet another home run. It's his third game in this series where he's hit two home runs. He now has six home runs and 12 RBIs in this series. Six home runs, 12 RBIs, that is just the start of it. We are uh, here on Twins Today, joined uh, by a special guest. Uh, I'm your host, Derek Wetmore, rounding out the program today ahead of uh, no Twins baseball, but there is Inside Twins with Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll joining Chris Atterbury after this, but uh, let's not waste any time. We have a special guest, the man they call Boss Man. He plays for the AA Wichita Wind Surge. He's an outfielder, and he is currently raking. He's BJ Boyd. BJ, thank you for taking some time here for Twins Today. No problem, man. Thank you. Well, hey, it is uh, it is my pleasure, and uh, we've been following your numbers, followed your story a little bit, BJ. For listeners who don't know you yet, and I'm just getting to meet you here for the first time, um, let's start with maybe winding back the clock a little bit of a way. I read somewhere that you were out of baseball for a while after being in the Oakland A's organization. Can you share that story with us about how that came? Uh, well, I got drafted in 2012, played till 18, got to AAA, 
didn't get the call up. Was kind of bummed about the call up because Oakland is home for me. Uh, it's real close to home. Uh, so I decided to go back and go try to play football, another sport that I was decently good at. And um, the pandemic happened, so it pushed a lot of time back. And then I was kind of left up in the air. And I knew that baseball uh, was still right there for me. And I have a family, so I needed to take care of my situation. Wow, I, so I didn't know all of the ins and outs of that, but it's a it's a fascinating story. So you're like Palo Alto guy originally, right? Yep, correct. And, and then drafted by the hometown A's. You were you're hitting well in the in the minor leagues, but I should bring up one thing. Um, now that you're with the Twins, how did that happen? You mentioned uh, you went back to football. I read you were uh, playing at junior college and uh, had some big time aspirations in that sport. How did you? get back into baseball do you reach out does you have an agent who's networking for you i mean how does that even happen uh it, it kind of took a team actually um an old coach of mine with the oakland athletics told me to get up and just go try baseball again he said i promise you you will get picked up in this league it's called the atlantic league of independent ball yeah so head out there i was actually there for only four days didn't even get to play in the home opener um, I got picked up right before the home opener by the Twins and my agent that I had at the time, he was like, look, don't get on that bus. The uh, Minnesota Twins just picked you up and the phone kind of just dropped. And I was like, there's no way I just got out here. I haven't played baseball in three years. So, uh, wow. So you, you went with the intention of trying to get back, you know, to a, to a, an organized affiliate, but you didn't know it was going to happen so quickly, I bet. Yeah, I did not expect that. That's incredible. Uh, Twins fans, if you're just joining us here on Twins Today, that voice you're hearing, BJ Boyd, uh, the man they call Boss Man. In fact, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Boss Man Boyd, B-O-Y-D. And we're talking about his journey uh, well away from baseball, but then very quickly back to baseball, all the more incredible by uh, the numbers he's putting up at AA Wichita right now. BJ, I don't mean to embarrass you reading your numbers in front of you, but for listeners who don't know the story, currently third in the league in RBI in his previous career, uh, high for home runs with the Oakland organization was eight homers in a season. He's got eight homers this month at Double A Wichita. So BJ, let's just get this uh, firsthand scouting report. How is it that you were able to? You know, you're a strong guy. I can tell, and I've seen uh, clips and everything like that of your home runs. But how did you go from hitting? Uh, few home runs a season to just a power binge at the plate in Wichita? Uh, I've been focusing on just trying to elevate the ball a little bit more. Uh, my hitting coach here, Ryan Smith, is being great to me. He's been uh, teaching me a lot, showing me some new ways of elevating the ball. And the Twins, they like they like the home runs. Everybody likes the, the long ball now. So yeah. I, had to get, I had to get on board real quick. <laughs> it seems like it's going pretty well for you though. Like were you a guy that hit the ball hard but just a lot of a lot of line drives and grounders and, and is it yeah. is it mechanical then that you're just thinking of switching up your swing a little? Uh it's just basically trying to catch the ball out early. I'm not, I don't I haven't really really changed anything in my swing. Okay. It's just try to be a little bit more early. Instead of seeing the ball deep. Sure. Well, so you mentioned Ryan Smith. Anybody else you're working with in the Twins organization? Uh, for listeners, uh, he is the double-A hitting coach, Ryan Smith, uh, the Wichita Wind uh, Surge. To be honest, I haven't met everybody yet. Sure. Just because I, I, I came late to the season. But, yeah, Ryan is 
the guy right now that's helping me. Nice. Was what was that like for you? Because I you, I saw you got picked up by the Twins, and you mentioned it was like four days into your uh, unaffiliated ball. But you started uh, it was like about a month into the minor league season. Has it just been a whirlwind for you these last two months? Uh, yeah. I've just been to be honest. I've been having fun. I haven't even thought about anything else besides just go out there and have fun. BJ mentioned you got a family. Where is everybody at, and uh, uh, are you uh, able to see them in the season? Yes, they're, they're actually been coming out and visiting me every now and then. But I'm, they are from Palo Alto as well. Okay, right across the street from Stanford University. Sure, no, well, but, yeah. Show. So my family is there, and my wife's family is there. So it's been great. Man, that's awesome to hear. Uh, BJ Boyd is our guest, an outfielder for the Double A Wichita Wind Surge, and I got to ask you because so I read this piece on you in the in the local paper there in Wichita about uh, yeah walked away from baseball, had these big football dreams, and I love the confidence that you show in yourself just even in that short story there. Let me ask you, what are your goals for this 2021 season in baseball? Uh, play as well as I can so I can have a job next year. It's pretty simple, but it's probably easier said than done. <laughs> yeah, th- th- that's all I've been thinking about. Just play hard so I have an opportunity next year. Sure. Hey, are there, uh, whether it's from the A's organization or now with the Twins or, or even maybe on the football uh, career path, are there people that you can kind of bounce some of this stuff off with? And, and it's super helpful to have uh, either either mentors or even just peers going through the same thing that you're going through. Um, what are your relationships in the game that you lean on? Uh, Ricky Henderson is the big one. Wow. Um, yeah, I, uh, he's always been my mentor with the A's. I've always spoke to him and he's always thought like, Hey, all you need is the opportunity. That's all it really takes. And he was a guy that was actually going to do what I did, but he made it to the big leagues quicker than I did, obviously. Yeah. Um, so he, he thought about playing football and going back, man. So he, he's kind of a big name that. I've always kept in contact with, and if I've had any questions, I'll go to him. Wow. I mean, so in addition to this home run binge, I think uh, Twins fans here, you mentioned Ricky Henderson, and they're now expecting uh, 80 stolen bases a season out of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the game has changed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, plus, and everybody's got their own path, too. Um, hey, so, th- BJ, this has been great uh, getting to know you, getting to learn your story a little bit. Uh, I, I am curious, do you set uh, numbers goals for yourself, or do you look at um, – are, are there stats that you're tracking that say – whether this is going uh, the way I want it to or not. I, I guess long way of asking, is there something you're tracking to say, yep, I'm on track right now, or no, I need to get back on course? Uh, the, the batting average is huge for me. I really believe in uh, getting the next man up in the lineup. I feel like if you just do your job, it'll be an easier way to win the game. Yeah. Every, every, everybody's here for a reason. Everybody can play. Everybody can do something good, and that's why they're here. So I feel like if I do my job and I just get the next man up, I feel like it'll be it's a success. Yeah, so. that's I mean it's great insight and then plus the uh, the power there helps a little bit too. Is there uh, last question for you, BJ, and I'll I'll let you get on with your day. Uh, definitely appreciate you carving out some time for us here on the radio. Uh, you mentioned Ricky Henderson, a bit of a like a mentor from the Oakland A's organization, and now you're with the Twins. Is there is there a, a mindset or a, a philosophy of grinding through the minors that Ricky or, or anybody, frankly, has instilled in you? Because um, I know it can be a bit of a grind through the summer, but that 
there are there's always things you're working on and trying to get better get to that next level is there is there any sort of mentality that anybody's handed down to you for that uh i would say time uh, there's only so much time you're here and you can't play this game forever so I, I think just go out there and give it all you have while you're here. Yeah, it's a grind. So it's mentally, I'm away from my family a lot. But at the end of the day, this is only for so long. You're going to be out of baseball more than you're in baseball. So that's how I kind of look at it now. Yeah, that's true for even for the best of them. So, yep, even for the best of them. Man, well, great insight. Uh, BJ Boyd, outfielder with the AA Wichita Wind Surge. Uh, Twins fans get to know that name and get to start checking that stats page. Um, but, BJ, it's been awesome getting to know you, and we wish you continued success this summer. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. All right, be well. That the voice Thanks. of uh, BJ Boyd, outfielder with the AA Wichita Wind Surge, kind enough to join us here on Twins Today, and we sure thank him for that. We will continue to follow his progress in the minor leagues because I had mentioned there briefly. I mean, it's it's incredible numbers. He's the uh, defending hitter of the week in the AA uh, Central League where Wichita plays. Uh, he's He was on a big hit streak. He had like 26 out of 30 games where he had a hit, and that included a, a long hit streak as well. Uh, I think it was it was a 12-game hitting streak. I'm reading my notes correctly. And then he had an offer that snapped that streak. So what did he do the next night? Four hits. Just wanted to start another hitting streak. Plus the power output has come almost literally out of nowhere. We heard from uh, one of the player development uh, people with the Twins last week, Drew McPhail, talking about this uh, just success story in development and man previous high seven homers in a season with the oakland a's organization then out of baseball into football into independent baseball now picked up with the twins and he's got eight homers in the month of august and we've got a week to go bj boyd kind enough to join twins today and uh, follow that story because it's been a fun one from afar so this is going to wrap up twins today a special one hour edition coming up next it's inside twins with chris atterbury and Assistant General Manager Jeremy Zoll. Look forward to talking with you next week. Here on Twins Today, you're listening to News Talk 830 WCCO. You have been listening to Twins Today, driven by the Mauer Auto Group, more than cars. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.